finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Game 6 Play Pod. It's your boy Gotham with my dudes, Matt, Charlie. Boys, welcome back. Um, for the people listening, seems like a long hiatus. Um, you know, two weeks, haven't talked. That was basketball. Um, but joke's on you guys, actually. There is now a secret archived episode that has not been released. Uh, we'll release soon, but we recorded last week. Forgot to upload. So um, for you, the, our diligent viewers, thank you guys for this hiatus. Uh, everybody else, what's good, bro? Um, we'll, but anyways, like, uh, we'll do like a Taylor's a Taylor's version release of our uh, of our pod in a while. Like that yeah, year. exactly. You know, we're it's all about it's all about the large marketing scheme right here. Um, it's all part of the phase. But uh, now, nah, boys, welcome back. Um, good to, good to be talking Dubs, and uh, you know, we're uh, how you guys feeling, man? Big uh, big time win last night. Uh, I think that was a 38 piece we gave them, uh, Dallas Mavericks, who I think are coming into that game, if not the hottest, maybe the top two hottest teams in the league, uh, playing some really good basketball. The Warriors kind of had their way. Great game. Um, best overall game we've seen, I feel like, in a while. Um, so talk to me, guys. What did you guys take away from that game? How was that feeling? Um, just what uh, did you see last night? Matt, Charlie, whoever. Yeah, well, before – we get into the dub side. I think my biggest takeaway was you like this Mavs team right now, they're down, like they're down with the lack of players. We saw Tim Hardaway, you know, getting hurt like mid broadcast, finding out that he had broken his foot. That just sucks for the Mavs sucks for Hardaway. Like he's such an important piece to what they do. And especially with like no other stars besides Luca, you need every single thing you can get on that roster. And I think my my biggest takeaway from the game is, man, if you put Luka down, like, in the game, big in the scoreboard, like, you take the momentum against him, he's, he's going to check out a lot of the time. Like, he just opted out of defense for a lot of that game, which I know is, like, sort of par for the course with him. But, like, there was some especially egregious possessions. Uh, then when the score got down late, like, he just sort of – lost his involvement with the offense. He sort of like let other guys do things. And I, I do think it's kind of annoying. Like, I don't know how many times they cut, like every time something happened where the Warriors were just like laying it on with the blowout, the cameras on TNT would just cut to his face on the bench. And I was like, all right, you know, like let, let's leave the guy alone. But like, they're doing it for a reason. Cause they know he's probably like, doing the bad body language stuff. And you could see him like shaking his head, like putting the hand, you know, like head in the face, like getting 40 piece on national TV. Yeah. Like it stinks. You know, I get it, but like it, it makes me less worried about this Mavs team, not only because, you know, like we beat the brakes off them, but like, because they just don't have like leadership, you know, like when, when it's a team like that, that just folds immediately. Like, you know, you got all these, swirling talks around like Jalen Brunson maybe getting traded like I you know this this feels like a team that I would like to face in the playoffs like there aren't many where I feel confident about it but that's my takeaway 
Yeah, actually, Dan's a really good point, man. I, I was thinking about this other day, and I there's a world where the Warriors are better off falling to three and playing Dallas in the first round than LeBron. I mean, again, Lakers suck. I'm not going to say otherwise, but I don't want any part of LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playoffs. They're healthy, especially given um, where Draymond's at. So, Chuck, I like that, man. Uh, this Dallas team, little soft. Kind of, they're trying to make some moves, and the fact that Brunson's the guy they want out kind of keeps perplexing me because he's been really good this season, and he's kind of—I mean, he, he's just—he's he, kind of the guy that they always say they want. It's a secondary ball handler who can actually get a bucket. I mean, he kind of gets a lot of Fred Van Bleed Van Bleed vibes um, in comparison. So that's that's weird to me. But um, kind of back to the Golden State stuff. This was the best win in like probably since Christmas. I think uh, it's the best they've looked since then. I think. Um, as far as just looking at this team and being like, okay, they seem like they're in a good spot tonight and like getting good, good uh, emotional vibes from them. It was, it looked nice. And I think as far as a team effort goes, they were rolling. Clay looked as far as um, just looking natural in the offense and defensively, save for a few misses here or there. Um, he looked the most comfortable he's looked with the ball, without the ball. Um, he was doing all kinds of clay things that, we actually haven't really seen uh, the the Magic Thompson jokes keep coming out because he was dishing last night and it was pretty yeah, sweet. Um, Pool looked Pool was the most confident and assertive he's been as a six man since uh, since his change and that was awesome to see. And so no, I think this. Um, I'm not going to say the slump is over. I'm not going to say they're the Warriors are, are back per se. They have some real things to work through still. But as far as like this perhaps being a taking off point, I think that was a great win. Yeah, totally. And the I think you kind of said it like they they kind of showed like it was the best team win. Like the team, it was Warriors basketball, and we hadn't felt that since um, Christmas. Was it? I think that uh, that Jazz game in Utah without Draymond that was one of those like satisfying like wins played well. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that. But um, like I, I think I tweeted it on either I forget which account I tweeted on, but I said I was basically this is like this was like the Warriors like. Every two weeks, they give you like a reminder that you know they are still a force to be reckoned, or give you like glimpses of it. Last night was the first time we saw four quarters of it, I think. And like you said, it man, Clay Clay looked fantastic. Um, he is mixing things up. He's taking good. Sh- uh, he's still. I, I mean, he you could argue still pressing for like a shot, especially early on. He missed it, but I mean, I, those are shots you want Clay Thompson to be taking. Um, I want Clay Thompson to shoot the basketball, but. Um, it's uh, everybody looked great, and you know I know Steph had a bad shooting night, but uh, or at least from three, uh, like he was in control of the game. Um, he was playing at his pace. Um, really had that like typical point guard s game. Uh, he's getting people involved. Um, I liked how he's using the mid range as well. Um, like getting the shots, and um, I, I don't know exactly. I think he finished with nineteen or something last night, but um, you know, great, uh, great overall floor game. So. It's what you want to be seeing, uh, especially on a, a you know national TV game um, in against a hot Dallas Mavericks team. Um, you know, I don't think uh, the Warriors needed that for sure. It definitely felt felt good to see again on TV. It's kind of cool to see Clay finally play within the offense. It was the first game I think so far. He's not just kind of gone out chucking. And we joke it's Clay kind of getting back into things, but I think it was kind of becoming obvious towards the end of the last few games. You're kind of like, hey man, I think I. I thought he'd have better luck getting into a rhythm by actually just trying to play within the flow of the offense. And he finally did that yesterday. And you saw, I think he had two or three assists to, to Wiggins and to Poole yesterday. So it's, it's cool to see that 
it's a necessary chemistry that has to build. And I think that was kind of the first glimpse we saw of it. Cause if he's, if those two guys can play next to clay, there's not really a unit offensively where if the Warriors can kind of figure this out, where I'm worried about them scoring the ball, because if he's out there and he's not, and he's comfortable and he's able to make sure that Poole and uh, Wiggins especially are comfortable as well. They have a really, really, really uh, high ceiling together. So I'm excited to see that grow some more. Yeah. And I think the exciting thing too, with clay is we looked early on and, you know, like you said, you saw him just chucking, but physically he looks pretty good. And the things you were worried about are like his sort of lateral and straight line quickness. Uh, like, and that's still been touch and go, you know, like some possessions it's there, like he's able to make really quick stunts off the perimeter and quick little like digs. He's always got those strong hands. So like, he's just been, he, it doesn't really look like he's missed much of a step as a help defender and the on ball is a work in progress, but the one thing that I've been sort of waiting to see is the shooting touch is there. Like that's always been there, but in game, it seems like he hasn't really had that touch around the rim. I think he was shooting like under like under 40% in the thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Like coming into this one and he had a couple nice reverse finishes off the glass last night. So that's sort of the thing you want to see where he's always been a really good finisher because he's so long, like he can use the weak side of the rim and like, just, you know, block guys off from defending his shot. So having that back in his arsenal just makes it so much fun. And you saw, you know, not only those layups being able to fall, but like, he's, you know, the dimes, like the, the magic Johnson comparisons were so funny, but like he was, you know, going downhill and hitting Kaminga with like a perfect behind the back dime into that dunk uh, immediately hits another behind the back one for Kaminga's three, uh, which we got to talk about the fact that that dude hit four of four threes. Oh, it's, it's coming. Like, it's coming. Um, only hit the rim once, like just shooting a very soft ball, like looking confident, still just bullying dudes into the rim and dunking on their head. Like it's crazy. It's crazy that like the, the concern for, as the concern for like Draymond rises, you know, like it, that seems tough, but it seems like they just have so many pieces ready to step up and fill that void. So that's, that's just super exciting to see the way they've been able to piece this team together. Yeah. And then like going back to clay, um, like uh, I totally agree on the community stuff. I mean, I love them, um, but I was like back to clay's like, um, like come, come back. I'd say like, um, I feel like, you know, we talked about wars without Clay in, like, phases, but, like, Clay's, like, come back to the Warriors also in, like, the phases, and I think it was really cool to see the minutes that he played last night. I think the rotation, I think that was dope. Like, you uh, were giving him an opportunity to start and close, um, so he's not really getting out of a rhythm, but he's still there for, like, those big minutes um, instead of, like, those six-minute chunks where, um, you know, a guy like Clay, and I think I think he liked it last night. Um, you obviously, like, we saw it, but... Um, I think we're entering that like phase of Clay's comeback where, you know, the chemistry starting to build with Wiggins and Poole and everybody else that hasn't played with them. Um, the strokes coming back um, or like in game, at least like you said, Charlie. So um, it's kind of like now it's kind of that, you know, get everybody on the same page with Clay. And I think we're starting to see that. So as, as great as we, as last night was, and um, you know, we haven't really seen it in the past. I think it was kind of a glimpse into what the Warriors could be looking like over the next month or so. And hopefully, you know, that is what it is. But, um, you know, as these guys just play more games together, they're going to get more comfortable. Um, you're going to see more uh, confidence from Wiggins, Poole, Clay, 
Um, and Steph, uh, and then once you add Draymond uh, back in, uh, whenever that is, um, you know, I think this is kind of the, the it, last time was a cool, like, you know, like ceiling check of how good this team can be. And um, I think it just reinforced everybody's belief in the team as well. There's like some really encouraging stuff with Clay. If, I mean, he's not going to be dribbling the ball as much Draymond's back and he's not going to have his usage is going to go down a lot. But if he's like willing to throw the passes he's throw, looking to throw right now, that's a huge thing. It's going to be kind of weird for the Warriors to get used to for a minute, but come playoff time, if he's a playmaker and a scorer, that's a pretty, pretty huge development for them, especially because they have one other guy that does both those things. Yeah, agreed. Like that is more of what they need is just having that dispersed uh, scoring load to go around. And I think one of the things that is sort of tough for me is that when you look at outside of Kaminga, they just don't have any scoring potential on the horizon uh, coming from the big man room. Um, And I say that, you know, like, Bielitsa can score some, but I am not <laughs> done seeing that dude on the floor. So let's let's talk about the Warriors' bigs because I that's the one thing I where I'm starting to get a little worried here. Uh, outside of Kaminga and Looney, just going out there and doing his goddamn job like a hero oh every God. night. Uh, there's not a whole lot to get excited about besides praying for injuries to get better and hoping that guys can turn it around. But on, despite all that, the Warriors have said that they're not going to add a big. So what do you guys think about that? Like, I just, I, I don't really, I don't really know how to feel about that. Cause uh, man, I know how to feel Chuck. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I hate it. I think it's a horrible decision. I think, uh, my take of the week is going to be about this actually when we get there, but Draymond's got a back injury. He's got a lower back injury. Um, I don't know. There's been a lot of like a lot of discourse about like, wait, he's not going to be back for four weeks, six weeks. There was a, a doctor was on the game earlier and he said something along the line, six to 10 weeks. Right. And there was kind of a lot of reactions like, Oh shit, I can't believe it. I mean, but the, it hasn't been outright stated, but it sounds like he's just got a herniated disc in his lower back. Um, and that's not good. That's like a bad, that's a bad injury to have, especially for a small guy who plays center. And that's not a thing where, um, when that first happened, my first reaction was like, this is bad. This is, this is your best defensive player. This is your best rim protector. You only have two on the team. Uh, they, they got to figure something else out because yeah, maybe he can figure it out. Maybe he'll be back. Um, March, to be honest, is kind of my thought. Like, I don't, I don't, I think all-star breaks pretty, uh, pretty generous way to look at this because they're not going to rush him back. I feel like this, just looking at this, back injuries are pretty easy to aggravate. Um, so they should take their time coming back with him. But, uh, and Looney's playing great, right? Looney's been awesome so far. He's been honestly a pretty good proxy for Draymond of late. Like he's everywhere on defense. He's moving around the back line like so quickly in certain possessions. It's awesome to watch. Um, but you're banking on a guy who at 26 moves around like 34 year old Tim Duncan. You know, and <laughs> that's not, that's not, not no, but yeah, man, I will, before, man. Go I will say this on Looney's behalf. He has been relative to the rest of the team, basically their iron man in terms no, he, of like, not, not, not relative, starting. man. He's played he every game. Has been. 
He's played he, every game this year. It might be the point where it's just like past conventional wisdom where it's like this dude had multiple hip surgeries before like he's supposed <laughs> to be in his prime. It's crazy. Away all his athleticism, but now he's just healthy as a horse. Like, it, you know, he should be, you know, broken down, but he just – he keeps getting out there. So <laughs> he will take 10 minutes to get up, but he will get up every time. Okay. So it's, it's great. Absolutely. To see. Um, but the whole, the whole issue here though, is if, if it's true, they're not going to add a big and you're banking on, yes, Draymond's healthy come playoffs. You're having a guy come off a back injury to be, I mean, considering the West right now, I mean, Davis, Gobert, Aiton, Jokic, um, there's a chance they play three out of four of those guys in the playoffs towns. Um, you're banking on a guy to come off that back injury and then be the primary defender for all five of those guys or three out of five of those guys or four out of five of those guys. Um, and to kind of absorb the, the bulk of those minutes at the center position, maybe between him and Looney. Great. You know what I mean? But you, you can't bank on that. You just can't do that. And it's, they have two guys genuinely. This is one of the big problems with the bigs they have who can protect the rim. And right now it's one. And so if Looney's not in the game, uh, they, they've tended to kind of bleed points in the basket. So I hope it's, I hope they flip this in the next few weeks. Um, I don't like using the word irresponsible because I feel like I was way too serious, but it seems almost irresponsible for the Warriors front office to not be looking at, you know, that 15 spot going to a big guy who can take 10 minutes a game here or there. We talked about it a lot last week on that um, unreleased pod, but they, they've got to make a move and that's kind of got to be it. I think so. <clears throat> On the big man, like, I think we all agree that taking that hard of a stance is just odd. <clears throat> like, I don't Weird. really know. You know, I get that you want to, like, project confidence in Draymond and Wiseman and Looney and Kaminga. Like, all of those guys have earned the spots that they're in. And, you know, Wiseman doesn't deserve any of the, like, criticism, I think, for just having a series of injuries like that's just unfortunate happens and yeah like Draymond you know having a back injury that stinks like it's it's no fun for any of them and I part of me does think that the Warriors may change their mind if the right guy is available um I think you know part of it part of it too is like you want to be like oh we're not really looking you know whatever ho-hum your way into the deadline like if you go clamoring and like telling everyone that you need a big like guess what happens when you call asking for their big like the price goes up so you know we've seen with Kerr's promise to start Kaminga like you know they can go back on things rather quickly so uh, one game yeah one game soft technical and pulls that experiment um I mean he did qualify it immediately by saying he'll change his mind probably so like Whatever, but um, yeah, I think Matt, like you said, with Draymond looking to be out maybe close to a month, maybe longer than that. And, you know, with a back injury, it's hard to project if he can rush a return. Like, you need to have someone soaking up serious minutes at the four. And luckily, the Warriors have the structure right now to soak that up with Kaminga, I think, and sort of bide some time before they make a decision. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with them. I mean, everything you said. I think it's it was weird with how, um, like, yeah, just how like adamant they seem about not adding a big. Um, uh, like that being said, uh, you know the the thing that you know having bodies to defend guys like you know Gobert and Aiden and 
uh, whoever. I mean, it's that I will say that that doesn't necessarily mean a big man, like a center or like something like that. Like it could just be like, you know, uh, you could get like a defensive, like three, four stretch four, something like that. So I'm not, so I feel like if I'm looking at it literally, uh, when they say not a big man, I'd be like, okay, fine. But I see what you like. The, the point is basically help out defensively um, so that Draymond and uh, Looney can have less of a role um, as much as they're carrying. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully they can make, is there somebody that you guys see that, you know, on the trade market or bio market that if, you know, get your hands on. Um, Cause like, I honestly, like I'm not the free agency guy or I'm not the, the trade trade guy, um, you know, just, so if there's like a guy that you guys would like to see get added, um, who would that be? I don't know at this point, like, like it doesn't seem like there's any, like, you know, get this guy or, you know, trade some of these assets for, like some person that would add some value. So I would assume they'd get it off the bio market. Um, just, you know, just see who's available. I think Robin Lopez was a no, name thrown around uh, last week on the, on the pod. Um, so like if, you know, just whoever you can get at a pretty cheap rate to just be there and be big um, and defend. So um, I'm, 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 I'm less worried about having like a straight five. Cause I think, Looney, like, I think Looney's going to be there. He's going to be giving you 20 a night. Like, I'm pretty confident, you know, based on his track record of playing. Points or like, rebounds, Charlie. Games. Huh? Points or rebounds. <laughs> uh, no, fair. Uh, but um, I think Looney plus whatever Wiseman can give you as a backup, plus hopefully getting some of Draymond back, I think – you could hopefully see some more Kaminga looks at the five, but I think they have enough to like cobble it together at the five. My concern is what you do with the four, because they're pretty committed to Iggy as sort of like a guard now. And I'm not so sure about, you know, like Wiggins or clay taking up too many minutes at the four anymore. So that's sort of where I'm worried. Like, I think you need a four who's sort of like a more versatile defender, like someone who you can plug into sort of that backline role and like have them help and be a good help defender. Um, I want to see them go get Kenrich Williams from the Thunder. I knew you were going to say that name, man. I'm going to wait for you. <laughs> I just love that guy. And now we have an excuse to go get him. Uh, so <laughs> he's yeah. cheap as hell. Uh, the Thunder will take any sort of picks we can give them. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to see. Go get Kenny Hustle. Just plug him in at that backup four spot and let it ride. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, I think Williams would be sweet here, man. Solid shooter. Um, Kenny Hustle. Is that what they call him? I didn't know that, man. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. It makes total sense. Um, yeah, Chuck, I mostly agree, man. I just, again, it literally is just the body aspect. I don't think schematically they need a different big. I don't think like, I don't think Robin Lopez is saving the Warriors because he's Robin Lopez. I think he's saving Draymond because he's a massive man, you know? Um, But no, I agree. I mean, but, but with all being said, I know Charlie, you, you let out a little uh, Bielitsa steam earlier last (laughs) week. Um, I mean, I still feel I, I started seeing red when I started talking about Bielita last week. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I, my, he needs to go as far as I'm concerned. But um, in the athletic, in that same article about where Slater basically said that they're not going to add a big, they mentioned uh, JTA, Lee, and uh, 
and B leads as kind of the guys that in any kind of hypothetical move would go. Uh, who out of those three would be the least expendable in your guys' mind? The least expendable. Yeah. Um, you know, I like as much as we like to like give him crap for his stretches. I like having Damian Lee around because the dude just makes tough shots. Like when it comes down to it. So I gotta, I gotta say like, he's the guy, um, he's the guy that they should hold on to out of those three. I like, I love JTA. He means a lot to the team, but he's just kind of like, he's kind of redundant with all the players they have on the roster at this point. Like Bielitsa and JTA are just, one of them has to go. I I agree with that. I think Damian Lee is obviously great. I just like JTA. I just think he has a lot more like defensive versatility and um, you can just plug him in anywhere and he can hit an open three. Like he's, he makes some boneheaded plays. Like these three are obviously, you know, down at the, at the fucking chopping block for a reason. Um, but um, I don't know. I feel like JTA, especially in like a playoff series, you obviously need guys that hit shots. So DB um, help out, but I think just having a guy who, where you can plug and he can kind of play that Draymond role. So uh, he eases that burden as well. Um, I think with Clayback, you got Steph, Clay, uh, Wiggins, um, Poole. So not never have an abundance of shooters, but I think D, uh, JTA just kind of add, adds a little something different to the team. Well, I can tell you who's most expendable, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's Nevin, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, Charlie, actually, I I kind of go back and forth between JTA and, and Lee. Uh, so, Gotham, I get what you're saying, man, and I love the versatility on defense. I kind of think JTA is the kind of guy who – while we've not seen it yet, I can see him kind of just swinging a playoff game. These curves like yeah, exactly. in there and just go work your ass off for four minutes. And he's an incredible rebounder. He's a really good defender when he's actually locked in. Um, but we kind of saw last night, like the ideal Damian Lee scenario where it's like, Hey, you don't need to attack closeouts. You don't need to put the ball on the floor often, if ever, and you just need to be ready to catch and shoot. And that's kind of all he did yesterday. And it worked out really well. And so he's a guy who gets the warrior scheme for the most part. Um, so Charlie, I get why you said that, but I think I probably would still, I just like JTA, man. I think um, it might be kind of some bias. The whole story is awesome. He's from Oakland, which is really rad. Uh, seeing him finish series or finish. If this team wins a title and he's part of it, I think it's really cool. And I know it's not a good reason to look at keeping a guy. <laughs> That's kind of my own little personal bias. I mean, like if like, I think like JTA and B to have both sort of like run out their use but also like JTA was here through like the shit years. Like he has chemistry with all the players on the team. Like I'm more confident in JTA, like turning around and like being able to give us some good little, you know, like you said, a good four minutes in the playoffs here. And then I don't think Belitz is going to do that unless he hits like, you know, three nuclear missile 30 footers in a row, <laughs> because that's like the only thing he's doing anymore. You know, like that, I like that's I JTA is like clearly number two uh, and B leads is easily the guy I'd want on the chopping block. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like when B leads to go to the hole now, man, ball on the floor on the fat, on the break, man. It's one of my favorites. Him and Luca had a, had a like competition for worst defender of the night. It was impressive. Well, B leads a lost man or he won, whichever way, whichever way it means he whichever won. Whichever way you want to look at I mean, it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I also, the second worst defender out there. <laughs> <laughs> go, go yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. I just and also I, I think again if they're not going to add a big, 
strange enough to say, we saw JTA start at the five for a good portion last year when Looney went out and Wiseman went out and the Warriors were really good during that stretch. Um, and so I just think, you know, in the event that Looney goes down, I think the more natural successor there actually is JTA. And again, I'm not, I think banking on any of the Warriors bigs at this point to stay healthy is pretty, um, pretty unreasonable, but we are going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about, you know, Warriors contention where they stand and, uh, the next few games. So thanks guys. What is up guys? Welcome back, Matt, as always, thank you for the shout out, shout out anchor. Um, y'all some goats. Um, but guys, it's just jump, let's jump right back in. So we covered, um, the game last night's game, you know, comeback moves to be made. Um, our thing is for the big picture and that big picture is winning that trophy in June. Um, so I think the way, I think we all agree there's four contenders, I'd say, um, for, I mean, there's more, but there's a lot of good teams on both sides, but, um, I think realistically, if I had to, you know, if we had to put money, it'd be, um, Golden State, Phoenix, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, um, feel free to add that list. I think, um, there's a couple other teams you could say, but those four, I think, you know, got a good shot. Um, what do you guys think about the Warriors? Um, you know, are they, are they in that contention realm? Um, how do you guys feel? And, uh, you know, stacking them up right now. What, uh, what would you guys say? I think they're absolutely in that tier. Uh, I would say there are good five teams at the top. Uh, you've got Phoenix and Golden State. Who Hold up, the- Charlie. Let me guess your fifth, man. Go for it. Is it Miami? It is not Miami. Uh, okay. But Memphis. I, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so we got Phoenix, Golden State out west, and then I think Brooklyn, Milwaukee, kind of the obvious ones out east. I also got to show some love to the Bulls because I think they just have a team that's going to be really conducive to playoff basketball, especially if they can get Vooch on a roll. They can avoid Grayson Allen, man. They're going to be golden. So, yeah, if you know, yeah, if they can avoid like random clothesline takedowns, uh, then I think they'll be all right. But I think that's the pretty solid like top tier, and I feel pretty confident that the Warriors are in the upper echelon of that. Um, I think right now the Draymond concerns have me a little a little off that, you know, sort of like, I think they were sort of in no doubt um, number one contender status before that. And I think that sort of knocked them down a peg because we went from, Oh man, like they're rolling, even though Steph is slumping, like Clay's coming back, things are going to turn around. And now it feels like, you know, there's some slack to be picked up around there and who knows what's going to happen with Draymond. So in my mind, I think, Golden State and Milwaukee uh, are the top two. I just think the Nets have seen it. You know, even though Middleton's had his struggles, like you've seen Drew Holiday have a, have take a step up, and you've seen so many other guys around that team start to contribute. So I feel pretty solidly as those being the top two. Um, I would have Brooklyn up there, but I don't know what the hell is going on with them right now. Um, and... I sort of I sort of have Phoenix and Chicago as those like damn good teams that I feel pretty pretty solidly on making it like like they're a good conference finals bet 
And it wouldn't surprise me if they're in the finals uh, at all. So that's, that's sort of how I see things right now. And I think a lot of that is sort of hinging on whether or not Draymond's healthy and whether or not the Warriors do anything to sort of shore up that four spot or just let Kaminga have at it. Like one through five, give it to us, man. Uh, if everybody's healthy, what's your, what's your order there? If everyone's healthy, uh, if Kyrie is vaccinated, vaccinated. <laughs> uh, if everyone's healthy, not if everyone's smart, uh, we'll right. say that. Um, so I think that's fair. Uh, and if they're all healthy, I go golden state one, Milwaukee two, Brooklyn three, Phoenix four and Chicago five, but Phoenix and Chicago are sort of like tied to me at this point. But I feel like those those one through three have a pretty argument over over why they should be in that number one status. So it's 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 a fun race shaping up. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I like those five teams. I think um, I really like Chicago. I like how you threw them in there. I think um, they they got that you know kind of t- a little too young to win a championship or not enough. Uh, experience, I guess, um, to win a champion. They, they got that feeling, but yeah, they're, I like, I love the way they're playing. I think definitely got sleeper conference finals pick. Uh, Miami as well. I think they're playing some really good basketball. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I think Golden State and Milwaukee in terms of favorites from the two conferences. Um, but yeah, for the Warriors, I mean, is for them is just to stay healthy, um, like, like you said, um, it's going to come down to uh, if Draymond's playing and, you know, Steph Clay. Uh, Pool Wiggins are you know getting this rhythm that that we've been talking about over these next few games and few weeks. Um, you know I don't I don't think there's a team that can beat the Warriors. Um, I think that regardless of what moves they make, if this current roster can uh, should be the favorite to win a championship. Um, Phoenix is kind of a, you know interesting one because I think the Warriors um, will beat them in a series, but um, again I think. Uh, I would not be surprised if Phoenix, they're playing some really great basketball as well. Chris Paul looks great. Uh, Book looks great. Um, you know, their shooters, Johnson, uh, Bridges looks fantastic. Aiden. So, um, you know, I think those three, Brooklyn's weird. Like you said, Charlie, um, I just don't see the consistency. And so I don't, I, I would have them below Phoenix um, in terms of my top four. I had that, I'd have them four, but. Um, yeah, I think the it's the Warriors uh, Warriors ring to lose as of right now um, in terms of uh, you know playoff seating or whatever. So I think they got they should be very happy with where they're at and you know solid solid outlook. Yeah, I like I, I think I agree for the most part. I think I, I have Milwaukee both or not both. Pardon me, I kind of went these in two ways. Uh, right now, I think stay on and have Milwaukee just given the Warriors health, but even fully healthy the bucks are just so good man when those three guys and their best three guys play they're really really good uh holiday has been great this year like you mentioned charlie middleton um he just he's consistently middleton even in an off year he's gonna kind of do what he does and uh, i like them a lot i have golden state second in that regard if everybody's healthy um i I think it's close second to be clear i think golden state matches up really well with anybody and i'm kind of I didn't realize this. You guys know Giannis and Draymond haven't played against each other in four years. Really? Giannis and Draymond Green have not played the same game in four years. What? Yeah. Well, last wow. year. Really? No, I forget where I was listening, what podcast I was listening to, but they mentioned that and I was like, wow, that's kind of, that's 
kind of crazy. That's kind of something to keep track of. And I know that there's not a Giannis stopper. I'm not going to say there is. I'm not going to say Draymond's that. But I think he's the best defender in basketball. Um, we kind of saw what he did to KD earlier in the early in the year against Brooklyn, and he looked awesome. And it's a totally different beast. But uh, yeah, I go I go Milwaukee one, Golden State two, uh, Gotham. I totally agree that Brooklyn's on the outside of that looking in. I just don't. I mean, I took some little notes. I just wrote shit show circus for Brooklyn because that's what they are, man. I mean, it's yeah. not you can't you know on the road. Um, you can't. You just can't have one of your three best players out for three games out of a series at minimum four at most. It's just not going to work out. Their front their front court depth sucks. Um, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't think they're going to pull it off. Uh, and I'd be surprised if they did. I'm a big believer in defense, and I just I, I don't see the defensive ceiling for Brooklyn either. So I have Golden State too if they're healthy. If they're not healthy, which is a real possibility, uh, I say three or four to be honest. I mean, this Draymond thing's spooky. Um, I'm not going to say Steph isn't healthy, but I don't know what's going on with him. It's weird. Clay's got to kind of get back to a certain point, I think, for them to really achieve their goals. So. Uh, they got to get healthy first and foremost. And that's kind of why I, I I'm totally okay with them slipping to three or four to close the season out because I don't think it matters very much for them. And they'll either have, there's a good chance that the pot best three or four teams in the West have a better record than the top seed in the East this year. So that gives home court in the finals. Um, so I just really want to see this team get to where they need to go and focus on that. But I do think Charlie, you mentioned it when they asked or when Gotham asked if you're uh, if we're still in contention status. Yes, absolutely. But, they got to get healthy. Yeah, I mean, totally. I think, uh, yeah, health is probably the biggest thing for this team. Um, but hey, I mean, it's a long season. We've got all-star break coming up. So I think, you know, after that, we'll really start to see everything kind of, you know, take shape. But before all-star break, you know, we got another week of, uh, of Warriors games coming up. Um, so far in this homestand, um, you know, that Pacers game still irks the shit out of, I think, everyone. But uh, bounced back well with those Jazz and Mavs game. Got the uh, got the Nets on. Uh, uh, what is that? Saturday or Thursday? Is that tomorrow? Nets game. It is on Saturday. <clears throat> oh, tomorrow, yeah. So tomorrow's the T Wolves. Nets on Saturday. Um, but uh, well, so then we got the Rockets, Spurs, Kings. Um, so got a uh, you know some winnable games. I think we've talked about the Nets. Kyrie's going to play. Um, so that's going to be fun. Get to see a Steph Kyrie matchup, um, Clay, Clay versus Harden. Um, you know, that's, so I think it's going to be a fun game, but, uh, what do you guys see the record being and, um, just take away from what do you want to see in these next four or five games? Um, I want to see Jonathan Kamenga start all five of these games. I could give a shit what the result is as long as he starts. Um, I feel like with like Minnesota has been playing like some, you know, it's pretty up and down ball. They're sort of a tough out, but I think we play them pretty well. And um, I feel like that'll go well. I think the Nets are just down tremendously right now with injury. Uh, it KD won't be suiting up for that one. I don't think so. Yeah. Like I'm not scared of the, the dribble the dribble bros in the backcourt. Um, I don't even oh. think he? Uh, like, is Harden going to be playing in that one? He was out the other like day. He's, no, he's, he was back too. Maybe he's not. 
thought he was bad, uh, but I um, still think they're playing the Nets at a great time. So feels like that's a dub. And then obviously that after that, you're getting three home games to beat up on uh, that sort of nasty muck pile near the bottom of the <laughs> West. Um, so I, I think the Rockets are fun. I think you got to like try to find a way to pull four wins out of this stretch, especially considering that you got all these home games, you've got, you've got guys on your team that are starting to play really well, even though that Steph has still sort of been in this slump. And I think you're playing these teams at a great time. Uh, the two that are actually good on the front end just have been struggling and the other three are just bad. So yeah, like I think, I think you got to really, you got to start to gain some, gain some traction on Phoenix in this stretch. Are you are you viewing seeding as important, Chuck? No, I just think like I think it's important to stay in the fight for it. Like you don't wanna you wanna like make Phoenix fight for this all the way up until the end because I think the Warriors have been there before. They're gonna be relaxed. But if you let a team like Phoenix sort of confidently start to like stride away with the one seed, then they can sort of start to like manage everything on their roster. Uh, while the Warriors have just been like actively managing things all along, you know, if that makes sense. So I don't want to say, you know, any team is going hundred percent full throttle all the time, but Phoenix is definitely gunning for that one seed. And I don't think the Warriors need it quite as badly uh, as Phoenix seems to need it. So yeah, I, I, I just think you, you want to be able to put some pressure on them, but I'm not, you know, starting to like worry about seeding yet. Just, just keep yourself in the top of that home court discussion and you're good. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I don't think the Warriors want to drop below two, to be honest. Like, I think just like psychologically just being the two seed all, all year. And, you know, if you just, if you lose that, you know, sometime within the next five, 10 games, it just kind of sucks. So, I would assume that, you know, just to, you know, keep pace, make Phoenix feel the pressure. But uh, you said, I mean, these are all winnable games. There's no reason um, why they shouldn't, uh, you know, go undefeated in the stretch. Um, I will not predict that just because, um, you know, just, I don't know, just uh, change it. We'll, we'll throw one loss in there. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe the maybe the Spurs, I think T-Wolves tomorrow, they'll play them tough. So, um Hope we get a Wiggins at Wiggins versus T Wolves game at home, um, but you know I think one loss more than that uh, it would be a disappointment. Should be undefeated. So um, yeah, like you said, Charlie, great great time to you know keep keep that pressure on Phoenix and uh, rack up some some pretty easy W's right now. Yes, sir. The Warriors need to have forty wins in a week. All right, five and zero. Oh, that's the only that's the only answer. Gotham, I love it, man. Um, I actually do feel that way. I think they should win all these games. They're not going to because that would be – that's just not what happens, right? Um, they'll let at least one of these go. Um, I think anything less than four and one, though, would be a big disappointment, though, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, again, going back to the seeding, though, real quick, I I, I totally agree, Gar- Charlie, with what you said about um, just that psychological battle. I think it's going to be really important. But I think more than uh, – again, I said it earlier, just more than anything, if – if this team's healthy, they don't care. They're going to be totally fine being able to see their ad if they're feeling good going to the playoffs. So but I do think keeping Phoenix on their toes and not giving them any kind of psychological edge is really important because right now, last two games, Warriors have won both. Um, 
think missing starters for both games. So they feel pretty good. Um, I, I'm excited. Just, I just love the Brooklyn Golden State matchup. I love the, you call, you call, you call them, you call them the, uh, triple bros, man. I always enjoy a good Steph, a Steph Harden matchup, a good, uh, you know, revisiting of those, those Cavs finals. That's so going to be a lot of fun. Um, but a four and one, anything less, I'm going to be a little bummed. Um, more Kuminga, please. Yes, please. Charlie, that's spot on, man. Give the guy the starting spot. Give us, uh, I really, really want to see Steph, JP, Clay, Kuminga, Looney. I think that'd be fantastic. Just want to see it for five minutes and see what the offense looks like. So I think it'd be great. Um, but no, four and one. Gotham, I think five and oh is the, is the great expectation. I expect nothing less from you, man. But, uh, I think four and one's the way to go. Chuck, final prediction, man. Uh, final prediction. I'm going four and one as well. Oh, man. I think I think they got the, the horses to pull it off right now, and these are just these are just some teams that are looking beatable right now. So, got to go out and beat them. Hell uh, yeah! I'm I'm glad you brought Kaminga up too because it goes perfectly uh, into my take of the week. Just sort of completing <laughs> my full. Completing my full 180 on this guy where I was begging at the beginning of the season. I was like, do not draft him. Uh, <laughs> now here, so let's play this out. Let's say Draymond is like the back thing just is bad and they have to like shut him down for the year, which I feel like isn't like the craziest outcome considering just how these lower back injuries go. You know, like you need – prolonged periods of rest for this kind of stuff to get better. So let's say the Warriors are running lineups of Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins. Is Kuminga their fifth best player, and does he deserve to be the five in that lineup? I or, don't think he can play defense as a five right now. He gets He gets lost a lot off ball, and I don't think he's ready for that responsibility yet. If you were to say coming at the forward, Looney the Looney the five, I'd say hundred percent starting forward, give it to me right now. He's he can do it. I think Looney's a Barker on defense. I think he needs that right now. I think a year from now, Chuck, it might be a different thing. I just don't think off the ball right now he's good enough. I am sold on that tandem. Um but so if you so let's say then the lineup starts with Looney. Is Kuminga their best player off the bench right now? Because I think he might be already assuming you're closing with pool. Uh, I would assume that they find a way to work pool into that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Draymond is back, then Draymond's obviously playing that five. And if he's not, then you play Looney. But does that make Kuminga their six man? Like in, in effect, even if he's sort of getting those starts early on. I mean, I love what the kid brings, man. He brings <laughs> intensity. He plays every possession. He defends hard. He's hitting threes. Like, he's playing. He's hitting every single spot um, of what you want to see, what we thought he could be. I mean, I don't even know if we thought he could be like this in his first, in his first season. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, why not? I mean, you want to have those – you want to have those, like, 19-year-old dudes just fucking all, all the energy the, the, to, in terms of rest and – you know, he's a high flyer, so I think he's I – mean, we saw him dunk on that dude yesterday. Like, shit, let's do that to close out games uh, in a playoff series. I mean, I think it would be great. And, you know, like he said, for Kuminga, he's, he, every game he shows us what he can do. So I think it would be fantastic to see him uh, start and uh, close these games. 
I think he's the most valuable in that he brings you the same thing he's going to bring you every night in that. And there, those are things that the Warriors don't have otherwise. And that's getting to the basket and playing really physical basketball, both ends of the floor. And he gets to the rim whenever he wants. Charlie, you said a while ago, he's a foul magnet. That guy, I don't know what his free throw rate is per 36. Um, but he shoots a lot, a lot of free throws. And it's 44%. That's insane. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, and so I don't, I don't think it's silly by any means. I think the, especially if Draymond's to be clear, let's, let's back up for a second. If Draymond's out for the year, yes, start this kid every game because the Warriors aren't going to win a title if Draymond's not healthy. Like it's, it's yeah. I mean, it, you never know miracles happen. Give, can we get those minutes? I think um, if Draymond's out, especially, you, you know, that's a kid who, he just brings it. He brings it every night and he's mostly for the most part, obviously, but he's, he's going to give you something every night that you don't have. So I love it. Uh, as far as like him being your sixth most valuable guy, I think in a world where everyone else is doing what they do best and that's Steph, that's pool, that's clay. Um, that's Looney. Then yes, hundred percent. Yes. Those two guys, those three guys, um, their their backward, their guards are hitting threes. Clay's hitting threes. Looney or pool's going to the basket not getting lost on defense. If those three guys are clicking in that way, then hundred percent. Yes. There's a real, um, there's a real argument for coming to be in that spot. Uh, I also think it's a big precursor to like a year from now, possibly. I mean, it's not nothing that the warriors two young guys or four fives. Uh, there's a real world where in a year and a half, two years, Draymond's not, they're starting power forward anymore. It's kind of weird, but that's kind of the case. It's kind of weird to look at, but, um, that's kind of the scenario where, hey, you're one, two, and three are all shooters, and one of whom can get to the basket still really well, one of whom Steph Curry, you know? So, Charlie, I love it, man. I think it's a great thought. What's your take? Take of the week. What's your So, What's I got yours? two. I got two takes. First one, I'm going to come for you in a second, Charlie. Don't worry, man. Um, my first one is the Warriors front office that their take, their take this week that they're they're banking on the health of uh, Kevon Looney to get them through the season. If uh, Draymond and uh, and and Wiseman can't get healthy, um, or they're they're not going to go after a big man because Looney's been so good. Are you kidding me, man? If I you know what's going to happen is they don't trade for a big guy, and I guarantee you, trade deadline passes. Draymond's not back yet. Wiseman's not back yet. Looney twists his ankle. I get. I will bet you freaking money that come uh, February twenty first. Oh man, that's okay. You know, we did we maybe we traded for a wing, Batum. We got yes, yeah, Batum's in the team now. 21st, if they have a game, I'm I'm knocking on wood, okay? Uh Looney twists his ankle, okay? I'm telling you right now. And Draymond's still out, Wiseman's still out, and we're starting quarter at the five. That's what's happening, okay? Um second take, Chuck was <laughs> after a Warriors loss, where again they didn't lose because they didn't foul three, they lost because Steph lost his guy. Or lost the inbounder, okay, and his in, the guy made a three to send it to overtime. Um, but not fouling a three, in a sense, cost the Warriors that game. My take of the week is Charlie getting heated on Twitter. I forget what it was, but he's like, you guys don't love beautiful basketball. This is bullshit. <laughs> Stop complaining. Um, and he stuck to his guns. He got some got some Twitter roast. Uh, I gave Charlie some, some grief for it before the podcast started, but... Chuck, I love that you stuck to your guns, man. I prefer the dub myself. I wish they had fouled up three. Um, that's just me, man. I, I get the I get the reasoning behind it. I wish it wasn't the rule, along with a couple other things. But I wanted to win, man. I uh, 
I love the Charlie Love is a beautiful game, and you cannot. I can't disparage you for it, Chuck. I'm on. I'm on your side, Charlie. I fuck Charlie. Thank you. It's it's boring, bro. Like, make it fun. Defend it. Don't don't give up the three. Yeah, like I always, I always think about like one of my favorite Warriors memories: Steph hitting that three against the Pelicans. Imagine if some random scrub just gets to like grab him. Well, they fouled the hell out of him on that shot, my guy. Yeah, take it out. Oh, they they did for sure. But like you know, if they just get to like grab him the second he Bear touches hug. the ball, like totally agree. And plus, you saw it too. Like I don't know if you guys saw last night, but uh, the Wizards with an unreal meltdown, thirty-five points, job. Um, tried to foul up three. Uh, did the worst job of it imaginable, and it turned into a game-winning four-point play. <laughs> so no, yeah, Luke, they tried. They fouled Luke, Luke Kennard. Kennard. Uh, didn't foul him all that hard, and he hit three. So, like, that's sort of the game you play. Um, but even so, Chuck, even if we have a guy trapped in the corner and he's got the ball over his head, not in the spot for a jumper at all, you're not doing it still. Like, I, like in the scenario, like, I get it. Like, I get what you're saying. It's just, like, I fucking hate watching games. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And with, like free throw and then a hug and then a free throw and then a hug. And then we're just going to like waste all their time until they have to like heave one from half court. And like, dude, just give me, give me the, give me the game tying shots, you know, like give me those, like that stupid, like LeBron hitting that, like that, like turnaround banker off the glass, put it into overtime. Like, yeah, like all that shit would have never counted if people were just fouling up three. So, uh, you, you Bro, I don't me. even, I don't even hate it, man. I just love that even retroactively, you were fucking, you were still, you were still into it, man. The Warriors lost. Stick to I love it, that Chuck. you stuck to it, man. I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna say I fully agree because I wouldn't like the win, but I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with you. I am just more stoked to be podcasting with a guy who, after a horrible loss, potentially the worst of the season, you stuck to it, man. And I cannot, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything bad about you, man. I think that was the part I underestimated just how pissed off everyone was about that game. And trust me, I was. It too. was that was an irritating loss. And man, Charlie, they were looking, they were looking for a victim and they found me. Sucks, man. <laughs> oh. oh man. Uh, my take of the week, hey, uh obviously nothing you guys haven't covered. So my take of the week is gonna go quick football, quick football shout out. Um the Los Angeles Rams banning ticket sales to People on uh, without an LA zip code or area code, and uh, having to uh, take that out twelve hours later because it was such a soft move. Um, fuck, the, fuck the Rams, go Niners! Um, big time, big time game this weekend. Um, rocking this playoff beard for him. It's been a great run. Jimmy G, end your time with the with the with the ring, man. Deserve it. Uh, but that's my hot take. Um, Rams social media or ownership. Y'all some pansies. Um, that was that was soft. <laughs> so take of the week was that. Um, but uh, you guys got any any shout outs before we uh, wrap up? No, oh, sir. Just you know, Clay East eleven. Get the, <laughs> with the with the breakdowns. Yeah, you know, as always, toss a follow if you're trying to check that out. And 
If you're a believer in uh, in not following up three, uh, definitely follow at Crepey's Eleven. Yeah, or, or if you just want to like follow me, so when I tweet stuff like that, you can like get Rip really pissed thread. off. Whatever you floats your boat, man. <laughs> you guys. Yeah, nothing, man. Keep following Chuck. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, next time, I ask you guys to, uh, you know, drop us some thoughts for the pod or some questions for the pod. Please do. If you see any hot takes, screenshot in the comments. Let's see the silly things you see this week. Okay, come on, guys. <laughs> I like that. Follow that up. Um, got nothing. Follow me on Twitter, Charlie Matt on Twitter, uh, Game Six Clay Pod on Twitter. Um, Comment, subscribe on the YouTube video. Um, And other than that, man, we uh, go dubs and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. And that'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.